You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Stuart, you know it is adorable. What is adorable? The fact that we wear the same hats and same shirts unplanned. You know what else that is? What? Awesome. You know what else is awesome? That's awesome. And slightly less adorable is paying for friends. So we would like to pay you $100 to be Stu's friend. (laughs) How do you do that? Oh, you know, you just go to the Facebook page and become friends and invite your friends. And uh, the person that does that the most, we'll pay them $100. So you're saying if one of our friends that's currently our friend is a member of Filling the Storehouse podcast Facebook group, and they invite all of their friends to be our friends. Whoever does that the most is going to get $100 at the end of November. Yes. The only thing that's different is every time you heard our inject like stew. So like my friends go and invite their friends to be your friends because you don't have any friends, but we'll pay people to be your friend. I think it's a great deal. That sounds awesome, man. I, that sounds awesome. I, I probably need some more friends in my life. Definitely need more friends. So, and we will pay for friends. Go to the Filling the Storehouse podcast Facebook page, be our friend, invite all of your other friends to be our friend. And whoever does that the most gets $100. Drawing at the end of November, go fill your storehouse. Make it a great day. And we pay for friends. Bye. <laughs> and hit the button because. What's up, bros? What's up, dudes? Joel. Hello, sir. Howdy, y'all. Throw another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> Speaking of throwing shrimp on the bobby, we were talking about some delicious cooking. I'll tell you what, Joel is a freaking awesome smoker. He throws some meat on a smoker and he smokes some meat real nice like. Sounds like you're flirting <laughs> right now. <laughs> flirting what? with my brother-in-law <laughs> so what do you uh what do you uh what do you use like what's your what's your smelk of choice um well actually so i only started caring about this when we came back to the states we were going in asia there for three years or two years and and like um didn't get to eat any beef over there that was very good right so when we came back i was like man while we're here we need to eat like as much beef as we can and so, yeah, just happened to uh, have a neighbor at one point who had a smoker and he kind of started teaching me a little bit and went to hang out with Stu and he's got a smoker in the backyard. So I've used a couple of different kinds, but the one I have is a Rectech. So a Rectech. Rectech. Huh. Rectech, yep. When, when Joel and Nicole were staying with us, we literally had big pieces of meat like every night for like three weeks straight. That's awesome. Like it was like brisket, steak, like, other kinds of beef cuts delicious. Like he'd like Joel would like go to the like butcher and pick out like perfect pieces of meat and come back and smoke it all day. Joel, long. any anytime you want to stay at my house, where we are uh, available for you, dude. Come on, come on, let's do it. We uh, yeah. I would have like meat sweats like nightly. That's, That's awesome. good. That's good, man. Well, hey, this, this is, is uh, uh, chapter two, dude. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. two. This is a lot of exciting. First off, I apologize to everybody. I've had some mic issues for our last three or four episodes. It sounded garbage, but uh, I think the mic is back. So my apologies to Brovember. Been crushing it. Joel was just shaming us with, uh, well, a couple things. One, he was shaming us with how much he swims he was like oh yeah mate just did three thousand meters and we're like dude we used to do 500 and he's like oh yeah yeah you do sets though right and i'm like no dude 500 like that's that's the max effort (laughs) we did sets to get to 500 not sets of 500 so uh you're a jerk joel (laughs) and then we were also talking about uh bonus points and how joel was gonna just start racking them up with cleanses um cleanses and photos and uh and prostate exams and uh so him and Stu are actually in a competition for who can get the most five point days from uh prostate exams so it's awesome i love the competition 
I love how uh, men's health is the forefront and uh, how these two guys are so competitive. They're willing to go the extra mile. Yeah. Just to, to get it, to get a couple points. Joel, Joel's on, are you, is this day two cleanse for you or is this day one cleanse for you? Uh, I, I did a cleanse on Tuesday and I'm doing one today as well. Yeah. Okay. So, Hey David, the, the goal of tonight is to talk about food as much as possible throughout. It's cold hearted. Totally man. Everything sounds up. so tasty today. Dude, I, I, I did one yesterday for the first time ever. Like I I've tried many, many never times. given it a good effort, dude. Like, let's be honest. You went into it knowing you're going to, you're like, yeah, probably around three. I'm yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, did I you finally, make it through, right? did you I make it through? I made it through. I made it Way through. Go, it. Yeah. And it, it, I did not enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. It was not fun, <laughs> uh, but I did it and uh, I felt good this morning, man. It was interesting. Yeah, I, I actually wasn't hungry at all. I, I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you it's crazy and when you do a two-day cleanse it's like it's so strange how you just like that second day is actually easier than the first mm-hmm. day um yeah. and and you wake up the third day like i mean i was telling you i had a shake on the you know you, you finish a two-day just a shake you feel so full and you're like man this is you can just kind of see how how much we do overeat and and uh how much we don't need but uh man i'm proud of you dude i'm really proud of you think that that's uh it's it's awesome congratulations thanks man it's it's good it's good i might uh full faith in you i might do another one never so you know here we go uh hey let's uh let's get into this let's get uh let's get joel preaching again i like it when joel preaches it's good stuff um so let's let's uh hopefully everyone listened to to first round but joel just like in a quick couple minutes here like Remind us of what we talked about last time, what we talked about, yeah. you know, what God made us for, and, and then we'll get into round two. Yeah. I mean, the big idea was if a toast is made for toasting, what are you made for? What what are we created for? What's the purpose? The purpose for a toaster is really clear because it's in the name. A toaster toasts. Humans, what are they here for? And so uh, what we talked about is there's a purpose in humanity. Um, and the purpose for humanity is to join God in the work that he's doing of making um, beauty, ma- bringing life, bringing order, um, making things better. Uh, there's a problem. The problem is instead of doing that, humans uh, decided to make things worse, uh, to bring death instead of life. That's now a part of our DNA, our bias. That's the way we go. Um, uh, just when, uh, yep, in, in and of ourselves. Uh, but thankfully, Jesus came, uh, became a man. He died. He rose again. He did that not just to save us from our sins, but to save us from our purposelessness, to give us back uh, the purpose that He created for, to join Him in what He's doing. So that that can be taken. That can take place at a um, a kind of uh, at a very base level. Uh, the same purpose for which we were created uh, uh, to garden to to. Uh, to callous your hands in bringing goodness and beauty or more specifically, that's kind of, maybe you could call that the general uh, reason that God created us, but there's now a more specific one that exists now that Jesus has come to, which is as a part of that um, more specifically kind of uh, um, uh, put a sharp point on it is to let people know about who he is. Those things all go together, but um, um, yeah, you need the one without the other. Uh, You need the one for the other. You can't have the one without the other. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, how God made us to be workers and to join him in his big work, big mission um, to, to create, right. And to, to be a part of his work, to, to make things beautiful. Right. Um, but, but we're more than just workers. Right. Right. And yes. Uh, so let's, let's get into that. And, and the first thing you talk about in your second sermon is we, we really need to look at and answer the question of, of who are we, like who we really are. And, yeah. and how do we go from being quote unquote dead, you know, to being alive again? So how, how do we answer that question? Yeah, it's good. Uh, the need uh, of what we're talking about is if you, if you define yourself as a worker, um, then all of a sudden your life just becomes, oh man, beat down. Right. And in so many ways, I feel like this is uh uh, if you're a driven person, if you're type A, if you're if you're like a, a good capitalist, right? Uh, you've experienced this with the drive that you have to be successful. Um, what 
what if I'm nothing more than created to work, then it, it, it just crushes you, right? And, um, and so I think uh, the reason that I, that I, um, I think we need to go back and look, we are more, we are workers, it's true, but we, we, there's more to us than that. And so if you go back and look in those exact same areas that we looked at last time, and what I'm talking about is the, the account of God creating the world. If you go back and look at that, you see that, in fact, God makes people for the purpose of joining with him. He makes people to work. But the first full day people are alive, they don't work because God takes the day off. And so um, it's left with this feel. You're left with this feel like um, we're here to join God with what he's worked uh, in his work. We're kind of like uh, created to do something like a Lamborghini. God's created this amazing piece of machinery, humankind, humans. Uh, but then on the very first day, they don't do anything. They, 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 just, they just rest with God. And, and I think the idea is this word for resting, this, this reason that God created us, um, or sorry, not this reason God created us, what God did when after he created us was it's done, it's finished. So there's this enjoyment uh, that takes place. There's this finished work and God just stops. And uh, to circle back around, so that's the story in the beginning, but to circle back around and just say, hey, how do we deal with this problem? This problem that we have, Stu, that you talked about, it comes back to that as well, because there's this picture of this in the New Testament as well. The Old Testament pictures us being created uh, to do the work with God, but then ceasing because the work's actually all done. God creates us to work, but by the time we show up, all the work's done. In the New Testament, you get this feeling like, yeah, we get to join God when the work that he's doing, woohoo, let's go. But actually, the most important thing that is done that we get to join in is we don't actually do any of it. God's done all of it. And the big problem that exists between us and God, we could, we could generalize other problems too, but the biggest problem between us and God is only one that he can fix. The great work that we get to join him in, we talked about that last time, is the work in here and the work out there. In both of those places, he does all the work. We just join him. We just get to jump in. And um, when I was in Asia, um, I'd bring my daughter with me to the market just because it's fun. Um, I didn't bring her with me because she helped me. She, she, she actually made it less efficient. Um, I go to the market um, and she'd put her hands on the steering wheel and we just drive around slowly, you know? And uh, the reason I did it was because she helped, she couldn't get me a good deal on, on mangoes. Uh, she couldn't, she couldn't help me with the language. Um, she, none of that. I just did it because it's fun, man. I love having my daughter along. I want to show her this. This is one of my favorite things. And I think, I think that's the picture of why God created people. That's also why God saves people. It's because, um, he's, he's involving us in, in making things better. Yeah. I, I love that picture. And, and, um, you know, I also love how you said that you highlighted that the reason God does all this and he involved, he involves us and he did everything and involves us in it. And it's, and, and you highlighted it, uh, it's because who he is, it's because he, he did it because who he is and what he derives joy from. And, and I love that picture that he didn't have to. He did it because who he is, because he's a God of love, of creation, of beauty. And, uh, you know, we get to we get to enjoy that. And since you were telling a story, I kind of gave a teaser for this last time. But I loved the story that you told about the men's hike. Yeah. And if you wouldn't mind sharing that, uh, I think it's such a great story. Yeah, well, I think uh, when we talk about the work that exists in the world and uh, yeah, I, how can I, how can I uh, put this in the right context? So Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that by grace, you've been saved through faith and not a, not a result of your works that anyone should boast. It's, it's, um, it's just God's work that has gone into doing that. So we can't boast at all. Um, for the work, the primary work that he's done in the in here work, God's also involved in the out there work. So that's the connection. So trying to find a way that I can illustrate um, how we join God, I guess, in the work of salvation here, being saved from our sins, but also being a part of the salvation that's taking place out there. So in the in here and the out there work. Um, 
you know, it says that it's by grace that you've been saved. That's something we don't deserve, but something that God did. Um, and so uh, the picture is kind of like uh, I was involved in a, in a training program and I'm, I'm a paraplegic. Um, I can't walk. And so there's this men's hike as a part of this training program. And so the leaders come to me and they go, hey, we want to involve you in this. Um, how about this? We've got an idea. What we're going to do is the men are going to hike for three days. We want you to meet them on day two at this specific location where you can drive your car and just park real close and then just walk a little ways. And then you're going to show up on the side of the road. All the guys are going to come and then we're going to give them a note. And the note is going to say, hey, now you have to get Joel to like base camp, which is like five years, five years, five, that, yeah, <laughs> different unit of measurement, five miles away. And um, so, so that's the way you're going to get involved, Joel, is they're going to carry you. And I was like, this is the dumbest idea ever. I mean, the only <laughs> thing, the only thing I get to bring to this is being useless. It. So, um, but so you're like Stu in a way, right? I mean, effectively, sorry. And, well, I remember you telling me about this before, before I remember you and Nicole telling me about this before yeah. you guys were going to do it. And I remember you not like being super stoked on it. Uh, no, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was a, a huge blow to my, my pride, you know, like I'm not going to, I've got nothing to bring to this. And so I got over myself because I was thinking, okay, look, I got to just get over it and do it. I've got to deal with the fact that sometimes I'm just wait. Like it's true. We're all there. Yeah. I just have to deal with it. Right. So I thought, okay, I'll have to deal with this. So I went along and actually once I got over myself, it was fun because I'm with really cool guys. Um, and so that sure enough, they, they make like a couple of them go into the woods and cut down these two huge branches. One of them's got a hammock, uh, in his, in his, um, in his backpack. And so they hang this hammock between these two. So you got four guys carrying me like, uh, basically like, you know, through the woods. Right. And, um, I basically did nothing the whole way there. Um, we get to the camp and the point is you don't go, aren't we great guys? We did a good job because I literally did nothing. The only thing that I was, was dead weight. And that's what I brought to the, that's what I brought to the whole thing is because the reason they wanted me a part of it was because I brought absolutely nothing. And that's in a sense, when it comes to the inward salvation, dealing with our sin, but there's a sense in which this is true of the broader things too, is that we don't do really anything of significance, nothing at all. We just rest in the fact that God has done it for us. And that's, that's, it's so hard. I was going to say as Americans or as Westerners, we want to, we want to earn, you know, we want to we want to be the ones that made it happen. I actually don't think that's just Western. I think that's human nature. We want to find a way that we can be like, I got the badge, you know, but there is no badge for entering this relationship with God. He literally did it all. And the biggest problem that we have um, as people who've put our faith in Jesus, if, if you've come along that journey, the biggest problem we have all the time, self-righteousness comes from believing that there was something in my effort. Yeah, you know, it's something when you get to camp, you're like, we did it. No, bro. No, we did not. You had nothing to do with it. And that's kind of, I think that's the relationship we have, we have, we have with God. Things are always better when we realize, no, he did this. He did this and I'm along for the ride. Yeah, man, that's, that's hard to, uh, it's hard to swallow, right? As, um, as, as humans, as Westerners, as Americans, as, Australians as Canadians, like we, 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 you know, we talk about this idea, the first idea in, in, in part one of, Hey, we were made to work and like, dude, I'm, I'm on board. I love to work. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel excitement. I, I get a rush. I, I love to work, you know? And, and when you tell me that God made me work, I'm all in. Right. But then like, <laughs> I, I love how you said that all I brought to the table was nothing. And, and and that's kind of true. Like we we're all the same way. Like, yeah, you're a paraplegic and you brought nothing to that situation, but, but God did everything for us already. And in the overall picture, we truly don't bring anything to the table. Well, and you know, you might say like, I struggled with this for a long time. Cause I'm like, man, what do you mean? I don't bring anything to the table. 
dude. Like, let's talk about how I can play guitar. I brought a lot to the table. Like, you know, I, I spent hours practicing. I like, um, I put my mind to it. But when you start to think about it beforehand, well, okay, where'd you get that mind from though, Joel? You know, wh- who gave you that mind, right? Uh, where'd you get the time for it? I mean, most people in history have never had, you know, 10 hours a week to put into playing guitar. And just between you and me during college, it was a little more than that. But, uh, you know, like it was definitely misspent youth. But, you know, like, so you can say, yeah, hey, like, no, it was me. I have this job. I worked hard for this job. And there's some sense, there's some sense in a very small micro way that you did something about it. But the whole table was set before you showed up. Like the knife and the fork were there, dude. The food was in your plate. You know, God did all of that. There's, there's the, the, the gratitude, the, the self-made man is just arrogance, I think. And so for me in, in marriage, in life, all of this is trying to work out how to make sure we don't get to that place where I'm like, no, I did it. I think, I think any sort of real way it's, we realize we were made and then we get to join the party. Um, and we were saved and it's only through faith, through resting in what God did for us. Um, practically speaking, um, we have to work that through and, and realize that how much we're resting in what God's already done for us. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting because as you were, I was kind of thinking through the story as you're telling it and, and thinking through some of these, you know, trying to put myself in that situation. And, and then you just hit, you said something, the word that kept popping in my head is, is humility, right? You mentioned the humility, get over yourself. And then you mentioned the arrogance and the falseness of the arrogance. And I will, I would offer, you, you can't speak to it, but I, I think the the entire process that exercise enriched the experience for those dudes in a way that you'll never know. And they may have, you got, they may have expressed it to you, you know, when you guys got to the campsite, I'm sure there was rich conversation there, but um, but I, I'm thinking from their perspective, like the, the, the idea of using their blessing and, and to, um, you know, figure out ways to serve and, yeah. and different ways that there are lessons in that, that I'm sure they gained that without your, without your presence there and without that whole dynamic, they would have never experienced. And, and I think there's so much lesson and, and through your humility, there's potential that it was a life-changing experience for them that, cause they will tell, I guarantee you, they tell the story and, and they tell it, but it's from a different perspective and what they gained from that. I'd be super interested. I don't know if you have any insight to what they gained from that, but, but I would be super interested to hear like that side of it too. Cause it, cause that's significant, right? Like that's a really cool, unique uh, experience all around. And your lessons were different because it came from a place of humility and, and, and you, you probably gained tremendously from that. But I'd be curious if they shared what they gained. Well, but I, I can't I can't bring that to mind right now. It's a few years ago, but I, I can. And I think we, we can use the illustration to apply something different, right? So in the illustration, as I've used that, it's God's work for us and then what we bring to the table, right? But like if we were just to talk about what, what it could illustrate for those guys, if we want to imagine that we're the guys that are leading it or carrying me, what you get out of it is okay. Um, there's really this this illustration only goes so far, but the idea would be that they're giving completely from someone who isn't getting giving anything back. And I think that that's really what we struggle with so much. Uh, when I think about my marriage, uh, I I tend to in my weakest moments give to it, knowing I'll get something back. And when we fall into parenting. Uh, stuff too we give to it knowing we'll get back and it's easy to enter into those relationships um in in our life to give as long as we're going to be give back uh, get something back even even doing good service uh good works and helping people we can often fall into the trap of just doing it because it feels good but in the end what christ has empowered us to do is to give when there is no give back you know what I mean? There is like as a result of that. And I think I think I see that there was some of that in those guys. Actually, man, I could tell you stories, but it was crazy interesting to see the reactions of guys. There's a whole bunch of spec, there's a whole spectrum of reactions that took place. Um, there was the guys who 
complained about it all the way. Um, there was the guys who didn't like the hammock and the seat that they made and were complaining about it for the first mile about how we need to stop and redesign it. And then there's the guys who weren't that strong, but just shut up and just did their best to carry me and, um, and just weren't looking for more honor or anything like that. They were just in it to serve. Um, so I do think that that those guys were the picture of, of sort of like what it looks like to receive from Christ, everything that we have, and then we pass that on without any kickback. And that's super counterintuitive, everything against human nature. Um, and every problem in my marriage, I would say, has had to do with the fact that I haven't been able to do that. I haven't just been able to pass that forgiveness on. I haven't been able to pass on that love, um, you know, that unreciprocated, just self-sacrificial love that Christ gave me. Dude, I love that, man. That's an awesome answer. Yeah. Don't think, feel, uh, don't feel alone there, dude. Cause I, I think both of us will probably be in, in the same boat as you with, with uh, being a husband and, and being a father. I mean, <laughs> we were talking about being a father right before we started recording and we were saying that uh, we, we thought we were going to bring children in to be, to be, you know, to bring God into their lives, but uh, it might be the opposite of, of uh, God coming more into our lives to learn lessons from our kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, uh, I actually can't relate. Um, you know, if you talk to my wife, she just always talks about how giving and, mm. uh, patient, yeah. loving, kind, basically yeah. the fruits, all the fruits of the spirit, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, uh, and, uh, um, patience, I mean, patience is what comes to mind first when I think of David Gutierrez. Thank you, Stuart. Patience. I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah. That's very, very sweet of you. No, in, and you know, it so relates to that conversation we had about the kids, man. Like the kids, what I, what I, what I was cracking up about when, when you said it, because it is 1000% true. Like they bring out the absolute worst human being that I could possibly imagine myself. Like the worst version of myself that I did, that I didn't even know was still in there because they bring out the best, the loving and the caring and the, you know, the nurturing. And then you're like, why did you do that one thing that I know, you know, is going to piss me off. And now I'm, boo, I'm, I'm through the roof. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's so as a Christian man, it's such a hard thing. Cause I beat myself up for that. When it's done, I'm like, wow, you are a terrible human being. Yeah. And bro, once you get there, that's actually a really good sign. Uh, because that's actually the truth. That's, and that's what's revealed to us actually is because the whole point isn't that we did anything to deserve it anyway. So when you get to that place, when you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm worse than I ever thought. That's actually when you're in the place to fully receive grace properly. Um, when there's no like, oh, I was just angry. Oh, I just hadn't eaten. Oh, I just, no, actually the mm -hmm. problem is, is just, I am, I naturally sin. That's this is who I am. This isn't like so many of the apologies I see uh, these days are like, well, the people who really know me know I'm not like that. I'm not a bigot. Uh, the people who really know me, uh, they know that that was out of my character. I was just uh, I'd had too much to drink or I hadn't eaten enough or no, actually, the way it goes is for real. Uh, the people who know me the best. No, I actually am that horrible. That this that's really who I am. And my only hope isn't that you're gonna like me. My hope is that a savior died for me and that I am forgiven because of that. So there's this crazy thing that happens in Christianity, which is no, I really am that bad, but I still have self-esteem, not because this you brought this up before, David, not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is, because of who God is. My worth is found not in anything that I'm capable of, but everything that he did for me. Um, and working that through practically is probably what I'm doing in life. And it's probably what we're trying to do. Like work out how can I be this horrible of a person and still <laughs> look at myself in the mirror in the morning. It has everything to do with who Jesus is, man. It has to, it, that's who it has to be. I love that. Speaking of things that are, that are, not natural for us to do is, is, uh, you know, this, this idea of rest and resting in him of, uh, you know, the seventh day, you know, we were all ready to get to work. Um, but God had already done it all right. And we show up ready to go. We're the subcontractors on the job site. 
ready to start framing some walls and he's like i'm already done dude yeah so 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 what do we do like and, and how do we how do we uh how do we handle that how do i identify yeah, with that that's good i mean i think <clears throat> i think uh I mean, the answer is is rest, but it's rest for a purpose, right? And and the reason that you tell these stories that we just told before you get into the principle of rest is to understand why it is we rest. Like the reason you start, you tell the story of God creating everything and then creating us and then Jesus saving us and then involving us is because if you come at rest the wrong way, you rest for the wrong reasons, Um if you rest for the wrong reasons, all you're doing is getting ready to work again. And if you rest for the wrong reasons, you're just feeding into your own um, myopic view of yourself, which is that you are needed by God. And um, actually really the way we do it is or the, the kind of the biblical, I think, idea of, of, of rest is much more, we get to work with God so that we can enjoy it, just enjoy it. And the, whereas when it gets twisted a little bit, you end up working, uh, resting so you can be productive again next week. Um, and because the world depends on me or, um, you know, I, I, because I need this. Um, whereas if you realize that God's provided for us what we need, uh, then you, then you, then you go, man, I should just kick back and remind myself of that once a week. Now it's not that you should never work. Um, that's laziness. That's not what we were created for either, but it's keeping in perspective why we work and why we rest. And we work because we get to join God in what he's doing. Uh, we work because, um, we're joining him in this bigger thing. So what you do is you rest. Uh, I think the biblical idea is one day a week, um, that, or that amount in the old Testament, it's a part of the law. It's a part of the covenant. It's who Israel was. They, they, they were supposed to take the seventh day off in the new Testament after Jesus, it's never mandated in, uh, during our time. And you're going to have Christians disagreeing on exactly how important this is. This is my view. Um, I embrace people who have a slightly different view, but I would just say, uh, the first day of the week, which is what we call Sunday, um, isn't the same as Sabbath. The idea is we don't have to anymore. I don't, in, in a way, I don't think they had to either, but we don't, we don't do it because it's mandated. We don't do it because it gets us closer to God. We do it because we look at these principles and we go, dang, so much has been done for me. So much has been given to me. Um, creation, like just go out there and check it out. God made this for us. To, to rule with him, to, to organize with him, to bring life with him. God did this for us. And then we get to do that the same with, uh, with, with the other work we're doing. We need to kick back and be like, wow. And there's a sense in which I joined God in this. And so there's a sense in which this house that I've built, this deck that I've built, this business that I've built, there's a sense in which my effort was involved. But if it hadn't been for God's work before me, I couldn't have done that. So on this one day, I'm just going to kick back and go, wow, I can't believe I got to be a part of this ride. This is amazing. Um, uh, and, and I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, my, my whole life isn't going to be work. I'm going to enjoy the work that I was made for as well. Yeah. You know, and it's such a, I think it's an interesting thing too, because depending on where you fall on your view of the Sabbath mandating or not, or I think everything that God puts in the Bible is it, it, it behoove us to take notice and to see the benefits and the gifts of, of what he tells us to do. And, and I think the, you know, the idea of rest is so difficult and everybody again has a different opinion of this, but it's, it's, it's such a hard thing. And, you know, it's funny cause I, there's a couple observations that I've made with children again and, and, and two that are, are just, and I can't really, I can only figure it out that it's God, creating us for relationship and proximity and fellowship and God creating us to be out, you know, in his create, uh, in his creation. And one is, uh, our, our in Maryland on the East coast in the summer is horrible. It's disgusting. It's hot. It's well, you probably ex experienced, I, I imagine Vietnam is very similar, very hot, humid. Well, our AC went out and it was like the hottest summer that has been ever since we lived here for like six years, no AC in the house, and uh, COVID, so there's no promise of an AC for months. 
So I set up one single window unit in my son's room and all my children slept in that room together. And I'll tell you, Joel, it was the weirdest thing, but they slept more on the floor together than mm-hmm. they've ever slept independently. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'd, I'd have to wake them up at like nine o'clock. Normally everybody's one's up mm-hmm. at seven and then they all just kind of get up mm-hmm. at, at the latest, but they slept to like nine o'clock and, and just nonstop. And I think what happens is they wake up and they look at each other and they're like, Oh, there's no FOMO. And they just fall back asleep mm-hmm. and, and they're out. Right. And then the other observation was when I was home recently, we went for a hike. We went outside when they're on a device and you take them off a device Every time, 100% of the time, 100% of the time, terrible behavior, terrible behavior, disrespectful, crying, whatever. We went for a four and a half mile hike, not a single complaint. We're playing soldiers and sailors and war, running around the mountains, like I'm posting them up. They're checking the ridge line for enemies and bad guys the entire walk. And it was just an interesting observation. I'm trying to wrap my head around it as a father, but and I'm curious because those were kind of restful situations mm-hmm. where we did them differently than what the, I think what the world's definition of rest is. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was beautiful, dude. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. In both circumstances, it was just, it, I felt energized. Yeah. And, and I, it, it was, again, it's, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this idea of rest because I do mm-hmm. think there's a blessing in it. Mm-hmm. and what it means and i'm just curious you know from your perspective like how do you practically it's easy to say it but like mm-hmm. what do you practically do to get after this idea and to rejuvenate and rest in 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 god and get true rest yeah that's good well first let me tell you this journey that i'm on now to understanding rest isn't something uh, like it, it where it started, I would say one of the first places that I realized something was wrong was uh, Nicole and I uh, were living in Dallas. We'd had this crazy, um, this crazy schedule for like a month. I don't think we had a day off for a month, right? And it's in college football season, and uh, I've got sucked into the American football college thing. Uh, and we've worked for like a month and finally we have Saturday and Sunday off. And I'm just like, sweet. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm setting up uh, and on the couch. I'm watching football like eight hours that day. Right. And I just remember the next day because you know this is rest. This is my day of rest. Right. And I just remember the next day feeling like, like terrible, like so bad, like just not energized at all. Right. And I just was like, now I've got to recover. I guess it's just because of four weeks of being so busy. You know, I didn't put it down to the fact that maybe watching football wasn't rest. And so the next day I'm just done. And Nicole and I are like, well, we should go to church, I guess. And so we go to church and I'm like, huh, I feel, I don't know. What's that? I don't know what that is. And then we come home and I'm like laying down and Nicole's like, hey, let's go to the park with McKinney. We just had one, one kid at the time. And I remember we went to the park and we played outside and I was like, what is going on? Like I had no desire to do that. I had zero. I just did it because I felt obligated. And at the end of it, I was like, huh, I somehow this thing that I thought was rest yesterday wasn't. And somehow these things that I did today, which I didn't think were rest actually were. And so I think we have to rethink what, how we, how we define this, because usually what we think of when we think of rest is me time. Usually what we think of when we think of rest is relaxation. Usually what we think of when we think of rest is recuperation, but I actually think that there's something much more active involved. And I'll just be honest. I don't feel like I've got this nailed down yet, but uh, we came back when we came back from Asia a year ago, year and a half ago, Nicole and I just decided, man, I think we need to explore this thing a little bit. So what we did and what we're trying to do, we've been out of the rhythm uh, for the last couple of months, but we were every week, we would pick a day. It wasn't always Sunday. It wasn't always Saturday. Some days it was Friday, depend on the week. And we decided we're going to rest on that day. And uh, that's going to be specifically stopping our work, ceasing our labor and enjoying the work of our hands. Uh, but for some other purposes, understanding that God has got us here and that he's, he's the one that's done it. So one of the first things, a couple of the first things we noticed when the first couple of weeks, number one, uh, we decided, okay, wait, I need to give you more background. 
So we decided to do this rest. I'm on my computer all day. That's my work. I'm a teacher. So I'm, and, and I'm learning Vietnamese. Um, and so that's my, that's my job. I'm doing these things. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to close the computer. Hey, I don't want to be distracted by phone. We're going to shut the phone off and we're just going to, we're going to try and do that. Okay. Well, first of all, by one o'clock the first afternoon, bored out of our trees, didn't know what to do, didn't know how to do it, realized this wasn't fun because we didn't know what to do. So I would just say rest isn't always fun. It's because it's a skill. It's, it's, it's straight up a skill. It's like learning to play guitar. It's like, it's like learning to speak another language. It's like learning to sing. It's whatever. It's, it's the skill. It's math. you got to work out how you do it. Um, and so that was the first thing that we noticed. Um, second thing that we noticed really quickly, I wouldn't have noticed this. Thankfully, I have a, a great wife. But uh, it takes preparation. So Nicole just can't stand it if the house is disgusting. And like, so what would happen is we'd get all the way, we'd wake up on our rest day and ready to rest. And it's just like a pigsty. And she's like, I can't do this. I can't rest when it's like this. And come, come to find out as we got into it more, like um, ancient Hebrews always spent like three or four hours the day before Sabbath, like preparing the day. And they would say that that was as important. You would work so you could rest. You know what I mean? You would do those three or four hours of prep. And so we've learned to have a good rest day. Now you have to get ready. Um, you have to get ready for it. You have to, you have to actually clean the house the day before you have to, you have to think about your meals. So you, so you're not spending like three hours making food that day or whatever. Um, so those are just some of the things that we've worked out. One of the things that uh, you said in, in, uh, in your sermon that, that uh, I really uh, heard was, you know, this idea of rest is, is, um, is ceasing and, and to cease um, as, as a worky, as you had said, it is, is, uh, Hey, just stop and look around and enjoy the masterpiece. Like yeah. enjoy what God did for us. And mm-hmm. some of the, some of the like actionable items that, that you talked about kind of already um, was, Hey, putting devices away, you know, putting, putting phones away, putting computers away, putting TVs away. Um, another thing that you said uh, that uh, that I that I kind of heard was doing it with groups, doing it, you know, being in fellowship, um, being with community, um, and it's not necessarily relaxing, but it's you said it was remembering, you know, remembering and enjoying and ceasing God's work, um, and and being in this creation. And so, like one of the things that that we've tried to start doing as a family a lot more, and, and I think. And as you say these things, I, I think it's kind of a perfect, um, you know, idea of, of what I see as rest. And, and David spoke to it already, too, is we were doing Sunday hike days um, where, like, we would go as a family. So there's, you know, there's that group aspect. We're not on devices. We're out in God's creation. And we're enjoying the work that he created, this beautiful mountainside, you know, these these peaks and valleys and trees and rivers and lakes. And like, we'd go for hours and we, for a while we were doing it every Sunday. And um, it, it did feel like it felt energizing and we'd get back and like the kids, man, like they love it. They love just, you know, they would kind of complain about it at first and now, oh, you know, but once you get out on the trail, just in nature and being in creation, like it's awesome. And, um, you know, my wife and I feel closer, uh, the kids enjoy it. And, um, so, you know, as, as you talk about this, like idea of rest, it's not necessarily, um, just sitting on a couch and doing nothing, being bored. I think it's like what you're talking about, like just enjoying creation and kind of just taking a step back and being like, wow, God, this is amazing. So that's, that's kind of how I, I, when I was listening to you and thinking about this, um, that's kind of one of the things that, that I think uh, was pretty practical. Yeah, I'll add to that because we, uh, another practical thought, just uh, popcorning ideas, what you're just saying there is a great one. A friend of mine, when I started dipping into this and trying to work out how to do it, said that <clears throat> he thought like, if you work with your mind, uh, rest is to work with your hands. But if you work with your hands, to rest is to work with your mind. So, um, you know, for me, uh, I'm a bit of a, um, I'm not a great handyman, 
But on that on that rest day, like if there's something to fix around the house, if I can do it, I find it's incredibly fulfilling to do it. I imagine if you like work with your hands all week, if you're like a, a plumber or a roofer or something like that, I imagine that that feels less less uh, um, less restful. Um, then, but you know, by the same token, if you if you if you do that all week, I think sitting down reading a book or 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 something like that, journaling or writing something or painting something. Um, uh, those things, any sort of creative work anyways, I think is a good step forward as a rest. Um, but I do think it's important to kind of remember what the, the underlying purpose isn't the whole time you're doing it, you have to be thinking about God, you know? It's not like it's not like you have to be chanting something, you know? But the, it's kind of like, it's kind of like at Thanksgiving, what are you doing? Uh, you're remembering what an amazing country we have and you're, you're remembering the pilgrims and what they did and how uh, they were provided for by those um, first Indians and the connections that they made. So they made it through the summer, uh, through the winter, right? So that's kind of, you don't have to be doing that the whole time, every time you spoon in like another fork of turkey and and, you know and your pumpkin pie it's not like you have to but that's the idea the idea is this is a celebration so this is a weekly celebration i would even suggest like a daily celebration of god enjoying inviting us in for a, a, a some silence in the morning or something like that a remembrance and making that focus and then a time once once a year as well which you have to rethink because that's not usually how we do uh, vacations, but that could be, that could be one way you do it is, uh, make your vacation built around thankful, being thankful for what God's done. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've been trying to be more conscious of years ago, I read, um, uh, I don't remember the author. I'm, I'm sure you may, uh, practicing his presence, mm. uh, that little, you know, uh, spiritual book. And, uh, it talked about trying to be the goal is to be constantly, you know, in, in, in prayer. And, and he highlights like, that doesn't mean you're like constantly all day long, you're, you know, not doing anything but praying. Like, it's just in every interaction that you have, you know, and, and, and I realize as Stu mentioned, I'm a very, very patient individual with zero anger issues. Um, but it's really hard. Like if you're interacting with somebody, maybe it's a frustrating interaction. It, it's very hard to uh, be mad at someone when you're actively praying for them. Like in that moment where we're having a conversation, it's frustrating. You're like, you know what? I'm going to take some time just to pray as we're having this frustrating conversation. And it changes the whole dynamic. And I think, you know, I don't know what just made me think of that as you're talking through like prayer and, and, and remembrance. I think the, the intentionality of everything you just highlighted, I think is really what, what is sticking with me, right? The intentionality of forcing myself in a frustrating conversation to pray for somebody, the intentionality of being like, Hey, we're going to clean the house beforehand. So we can enjoy it tomorrow. We're going to prep our meals, which you get a point for in November for, uh, for having your meals planned out. Boom. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're going to be very intentional with these things so that we can actively enjoy this, this, this rest. And we don't have to resort to screens. We're going to be out doing the Sunday hikes. And, um, and I think that's why like traditions of Sunday dinners are even fun. You're remembering your you know, with it, with, you know, like my desire when we get back to Colorado is that we have Sunday dinners and I would love if like my, my mom and my dad and Stu and like people that I care about, the family that I, that I have and the family that I choose, my friends, um, you know, you, you take those times to embrace and be very intentional about it. And I think that intentionality really resonates with me. And, and I love, I love the practical, uh, just the practical tips that both of you, both of you provided. I think that's, uh, you know, you can make a list, why not be intentional? I was thinking about before I go back to Colorado, making a couple lists and their date lists, you know, the, the, the dates I want to do with my wife, the dates I want to do with my kids, the dates, you know, set all that stuff up activities that we want to do. And then you have your nerdy spreadsheets, maybe Stu will build it for me. And, and you just, you just pick it, pick that day. We're like, okay, we're going to go to this restaurant. I have it on the list. We're going to do it. We're going to try it. And it's great. And you can look like, you can look like a hero, right? You don't have to tell everybody you made it. You could just be like the idea guy, but because you spent, a couple hours beforehand months earlier thinking about it now you're like oh yeah yeah let's go do this thing i looked it up uh, i think there's a, a lot of a lot of goodness in the intentionality of rest speaking yeah, of that's good man speaking of uh, spreadsheets uh 
I was, we were called out earlier today by one of our colleagues, uh, Stephen <laughs> Heptig, uh, about the spreadsheets and how I was printing out spreadsheets and, and marking them with checks and how we, he called us dinosaurs because you can do that all online now and make it very easy with. Yeah, the, but he went nerd, you know, man. He's like, well, I linked the spreadsheet to the Google thing, to the app, to the thing. And I just edit in one place and it automatically populates 17 things. I'm like, Whatever, dude. <laughs> Uh, Joel, this is big. This is good, man. This is good. I love, I love talking about this stuff with you. Um, and, 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 you know, I would, uh, I would like to end with, with kind of a challenge to our listeners and, and you, you kind of put that challenge, uh, to, uh, to your audience at, uh, at, at church was, Hey, ask yourself, you know, how, how you're going to to put rest in your life. How, how, how does ceasing look to you? And, and just like David said, like, how do you be intentional with it? And we've talked a lot about, you know, what's important to you goes on the calendar, you know, look at your calendar in your checkbook and you can see what's important to you make rest important to you. So, you know, I, I would like to challenge our listeners to kind of think about this and, and actually schedule it, you know, put, make, make Sunday a rest day and, and talk about it with your, with your spouse and your kids and, put the phones away, put the computer away, uh, prepare for it, plan out a hike, plan out a, uh, a carpentry project. You know, that's something like you're talking about Joel. And I know David loves to do it too. Like just go out and build something, build like a crappy looking table. Right. And uh, like, just have fun. Like it doesn't sound like he's got a lot of faith in your ability there, David. David. Yeah. I mean, he, he builds stuff, but it, you know, it's, it's not very good. Whatever, my stuff is awesome. We both we both go to the same site, dude. Anna White, that's my girl. She put some good <laughs> some, plans together, man. Get some good she's, plans from Anna White. Awesome. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that stuff is. I mean, that stuff is awesome. So you know what? I, what I would like to kind of leave leave today with is is uh, hey, you know, look at this stuff and think about it and, and schedule it out and think about what rest looks like to you and your family and, and try it. I mean, it, it it motivates me to to really try it more. Like we've since I listened to you know that the other weekend, and, and we'll put a link to, to Joel's sermon in, in the show notes, but um, I've been really trying to be a lot more intentional about not doing our real estate business on Sundays and not you know replying to emails and and taking more time to read books and just hang out and listening to to sermons online and um, going on Sunday hikes and doing carpentry projects and um, just just enjoying and remembering and it's 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 good. I enjoy it. And I think it's important to get ready for work again. And it's not to get ready for work, but it's to remember the work that God did. Yeah. I think there's also an element of, you know, as you, as you do these things, it can be a, a lot of fun and your family, your family is also observing what right looks like, right? Like I, like I'm thinking, you know, th- this image that keeps popping in my head uh, is, <laughs> I love like you, Joel, I, I enjoy, um, you know, I love doing like yard work. Like I like going out mowing the lawn, but what's fun is I, I keep having this vision of Jake, my middle son, my oldest son, but my middle child, he would come out and he wanted to push the lawn more. And I never showed them how to use the automatic thing. Cause that's weak, right? You gotta, you gotta push this thing. And so, but he came out one day in like full Spider-Man costume. I, I don't know why he came out in a costume. He's like, I want to mow the lawn. I'm like, cool, man. And, and Erica was standing up on the balcony looking down. And so he gets behind the lawnmower. He's up here and he's pushing it and he's working. And he's loving it. And dude, the lines are like, initially I'm like the OCD. I'm like, oh dude, you're like way. But then I just took a moment to step back and be like, this is awesome. And it's fun. Like the dude is like, making swirly lines through the the yard not not doing a single straight line but it was it was an enjoyable moment we all laughed it was it was rest they were seeing what what um he was working but he was also you know it was the family dynamic it was doing things together it was empowering him it's not correcting him you know i could have very easily been like dude you got to get the straight lines and but he was i mean he was like eight years old so just the fact that we we're out there doing it and the fulfillment that he got and how proud he was like all these things, you know, I think there's a lot of, it's not just like you said, resting. And I would argue that it's that the rest part of it sitting on the couch is, is we're getting it wrong with that. Yeah, man, I think you're right. I think uh, with the spirit of this stuff, 
it comes down trying to trying to put that in there again uh why we're doing it essentially the the reason we're doing if we do this right we place ourselves in history in the correct place every time you know if you work for the right reason it can be i'm placing myself in history again this work that i do every day is a remembrance of who i am and who god is what he did what he's doing what he will do rest is supposed to be the same thing rest is a time it's there's the form which is we cease but the function is to remember where we've come from what we're doing where we're going and i think um i think the form has some strengths to it and i think it's awesome when we get to do them but it's best practiced when the form leads to the function when the medium reminds us of the message um, and uh, kind of pushes us that direction. And when you think about, you know, your family there, dude, and getting them together and, and, and that sort of thing, I, that's what I think of. I think, yeah, you've got this beautiful thing and then to infuse it with that, with that meaning of why we're doing this. I think that's, that's the, the beauty and the skill. <laughs> and especially as the parents or the people who are trying to initiate that, that takes some skill, uh, takes some time. And for us, it's taken a lot of conversations. Nicole and I, like, how are we doing on that? Why was that up? Like we whiffed, you know, this last, this last rest time, what happened there? Uh, what can we do better next time? So um, it's got to be, but it's going to take some time thinking about it. You know what I would like to see happen on a rest day? I would like to see David get into his Spider-Man costume and mow the lawn. I mean, I, I just think. had to send you pictures of what happened last weekend. No big deal. Oh, you did that last weekend? Every weekend. Oh. Grass doesn't even grass doesn't need to be cut, but I put on the Spider-Man and I get to it. <laughs> I get to it. There's a joke in there somewhere, but uh, I'm going to hold off. Joel, you're awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. I, I encourage people to go listen to the sermons. They are, there's a, there's a ton of rich content in there and not nearly enough time that we could cover everything here, dig into it. But dude, you're awesome. Uh, I think you're probably our, are you our first two-time guest? Three-time three guest, time, dude. Well, technically three-time guest. Yeah, um, just guess. appreciate you taking the time, dude, and, and sharing some of the word with us. And uh, dude, you're you're uh, you're an inspiration. I love talking to you. I know that you would prefer that I was your brother-in-law, but it just didn't work out that way. So, um, you know, but we can still chit chat. That's right, man. We'll still uh, put a brisket on the smoker here one of these days. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys a lot too. I mean. We're talking, I think I love this because in some ways I've given my life to kind of working out the theoretical concepts here. And I feel like you guys are applying yourselves more to the practical stuff. And and I think uh, um, we, we're all part of the body and we make a good team as we do it that way. Appreciate how you guys are out there um, putting these principles into, into practice. Yeah, man, good stuff. Um, well, guys and gals, hope, hope you got something out of this. And um Hey, think about it, you know, bring out your calendar, sit down with your spouse, think, think about, you know, how you're going to put this into action and, and put some rest in there into your, into your weekly uh, schedule. Um, I think it's important. So um, if you like this episode, please share it. Um, you know, Hey, take a screenshot, post it up on, on your socials, invite someone to, t- to come and listen to this podcast, go check out Joel's um, sermons online. We'll post the uh, YouTube in the, in the uh, show notes and yeah. Uh, I think most importantly, let's go fill your storehouse. Yeah. And sometimes dress up a little bit, maybe wear a costume to cut the grass or do some other things. I don't know. Just throw that out there. I got a pretty sweet, uh, King Triton outfit from this year's, uh, Halloween. I I might, I might go mow the lawn and King Triton outfit. Yeah. Nobody knew with the wig, what you were, we didn't get even close to a guess on that in the, in the length of ends, (laughs) but yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, Thanks, friends. Thanks for listening. Joel, thank you. Love you guys. You're awesome. Make it a great day, friends. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. 
And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.